0: Woo! Seconds. The dream, reality for the Green Bay Phoenix. The 18-year drought is history.
1: The Green Bay Phoenix are going to the NCAA Tournament.
2: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the of the Phoenix Podcast. We're going to take a look at the huge upcoming game Friday night. Press Center, 8 p.m. ESPNU. Green Bay takes on Northern Kentucky, second place on the line. It's a really big game, so uh, I want to be able to talk to uh, somebody with Northern Kentucky perspective. and uh, I think it turned out to be a pretty good conversation, so uh, enjoy. Joining us now to provide a little NKU perspective is Kyle Craven of NorseReport.com. You can also hear Kyle on this week's episode of the Horizon Roundtable Podcast and follow him on Twitter at Kyle Craven underscore NR. Kyle, thanks for coming on and spending some time talking hoops with us.
0: Yeah, of course. I'm excited. Thank you so much for yeah, no asking problem. me.
2: Uh, we'll talk about Friday night's big game in a minute, but first I just wanted to bring up your website, uh, that you and your colleague Chris Hart run. Uh, you guys do a good job covering a lot of different sports, not just men's basketball. So I'm just kind of curious, how did mm-hmm. the idea for Norse Report come about and kind of what are your goals for the future of the website going forward?
0: Yeah, for sure. So um, I appreciate you noticing, by the way, that we do we do cover other sports. Um, I That's a big, big, big thing for us. Um, I, I really wanted to emphasize that the other sports deserve love too. And you know what? It's funny. Um, everyone, you, you guys would be shocked to hear this to this day. Um, one of our top three articles of all time statistics wise, you know, in terms of like opens and, uh, you know, uh, bounce rate and stuff like that, uh, was a volleyball article. So, I mean, it's, it's cra- It's the, uh, when these people, when these athletes are getting written about that and they're not used to it um, other than just the write-ups that the athletic department does um, it's exciting for them. And it, you can really uh, you really see some um, appreciation from them. They're always tweeting at us. The women's basketball team currently right now absolutely loves us. Uh, we get engaged with on Twitter by them all the time. And so that was something I, I just, I don't know. I've been an NKU fan for 10 years now. Um, I went, started going there in 2010. I worked for the department and I just, I've always noticed that like, we have some really good programs on campus um, that are run really well by really good people and always have great athletes and they all deserve, you know, love. And if people aren't going to go sit in the seats, then I'm going to write about them and (laughs) shove it in their face. So, um, (laughs) and then as far as like where we want to go from here, I mean, look, Ultimately, I don't know uh, if you guys have ever heard of KSR, Kentucky yeah, sure. Sports Radio. Um, so, yeah, like Matt Jones, right? So that's obviously, look, I'm, I'm realistic. We're NKU, right? We're never going to be on that level. I, I get that. Like Big Blue Nation truly does. It's transcontinental. We all know that. But um, we can, and here at Northern Kentucky, we can kind of siphon out our own segment of the population. Um, This is a really interesting region for you guys out of state. Probably you don't understand this and I'm glad I get to explain it. Um, We are in a tri-state area on the Northern tip of Kentucky. Obviously that's where the name comes from, Northern Kentucky, but um, we're right outside Cincinnati, Ohio. So we're like five minutes away from Cincinnati. Like I'm literally sitting in a seat five minutes from Cincinnati right now, but we're covered probably probably, in terms of like just this region, uh, we're we're covered on the news probably one fourth of the time uh, to any story that comes out of Cincinnati. And then as far as like the state of Kentucky, I always kind of feel like we're not really regarded as like a big part of the state. Um, you know, we hear we hear from Frankfurt, which is our capital, um, around election time, and our representatives cover out around, around election time. But really, like funding doesn't get allocated to this area near as much as it does to the other to the other regions um and so i always felt like we were sort of this like forgotten about area and i just it got me thinking um it would be really cool to do everything i can to try to grow the brand and capitalize obviously on the success we're having right now um and what better way to sort of give a region its identity than around a sports team So, um, or just a sports brand or, or, you know, a a university brand or whatever you want to identify with, with Northern Kentucky university. So um, yeah, that's, that's where we are. That's the goal. We, we really want to cover some spring sports this year too. We probably won't go crazy on them because um, no no disrespect to our spring sports, but historically they like, since the D one transition, they've been the least successful and um, doesn't matter. It doesn't mean we can't find stories there, but it's going to be really hard to, pump out content, grow our brand um, and pump out content for programs that aren't succeeding. So maybe if they start winning this year, like we'll really get into it. But um, yeah, I hope that that's a long answer. Sorry about that. No no problem. Uh,
2: I mean, especially in the Horizon League footprint, you know, there's there's a lot of NBA cities, a lot of big markets. So it's easy for our league and our programs to get overlooked Uh, You you mentioned Cincinnati, two sports teams and a boatload of big time college basketball programs, uh, not just in the city, but, you know, even Kentucky, Ohio State, Indiana. I'm sure there's fans there in Cincinnati Um, in Green Bay. You know, it's not as big of a market, but it's all Packers all the time. So it's hard to break through even. Yeah, even in a a market the size of Green Bay. So for me personally, that's where I try to, you know, kind of supplement the coverage that there is and you know just try and get some fan engagement and some uh you know some content for for the program because i think that the program does deserve to be covered and i think you guys do a really good job of doing that
0: i appreciate it and by the way you said it um i wrote an article two years ago before north report was even a thing um or at least before i was a part of it um, I just wrote this article and posted it on LinkedIn as a blog. Cause I didn't have anywhere else to put it. Um, it was called, it was the year we won the tournament, uh, for the first year. Um, it was in January of that year though. So I, I called it before it happened. All right. So I'm just on record that, saying that, um, and in that article, I said, uh, the time is now to start getting excited about Northern Kentucky university. And I start I listed off all these different reasons, why we can be a successful program. And the biggest one I hit on, like the one I led with was location and you nailed it. We look, this is a basketball rich area. So we're never going to draw people away from their team. Everyone's grown up for generations as a fan of the team that they are or that, that, that they identify with, but we can definitely draw their interest, right? We can definitely be their second favorite team or a team that they're like, yeah, I'm happy they're winning, um, you know, stuff like that. And it's through those, uh, sort of like moving the needle down that uh, or moving the, you know, ball down the field just a little bit like that is, is sort of how you start to really build the, the fan base. Um, just to fill in a little bit there, you, uh, you mentioned a few of the, a few of the colleges just to put it in perspective. Um, you got, you got Purdue, Indiana, Butler, Kentucky, uh, Louisville, Ohio state, Dayton, uh, Miami, Ohio, Ball State. I mean, I could keep, I could, uh, Ohio University, all these schools, 10 schools right there. Uh, Then you got Akron, Kent State. All these schools are within two to three hours of our campus. So, or four hours of our campus. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot going on in this area.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we were talking before we came on about, you know, fan blogs uh, and, Around the Horizon League, there is a Cleveland State blog. They do a good job. But UIC used to have one. Milwaukee used to have one. Wright State used to have one. They're just kind of falling by the uh, the wayside in recent years. So make sure you guys keep up the good work.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. We're uh, definitely it's it's uh, you guys can understand. It's been a a a, uh, really big chore in basketball season, but. Um, I am, I'm trying to enjoy it every single day. Cause I freaking love basketball season. Um, and I'm going to be really pissed at myself. If I say too much, I wish it was spring. And then when spring comes around, I'm gonna be like, why did I you know, wish that? Um, but I really can't wait for spring. So we can just take a step back and like really get organized. Cause we're just at our wits end right now. We definitely <laughs> need some help. <laughs> oh man. All
2: right. So let's dig into Friday night's game. Uh, Northern Kentucky comes in. 14 and seven overall six and three in the horizon league still playing without dantez walton i believe who has not played since december 15th due to an arm injury uh jim i um, real quick mm-hmm. we were talking before about our first team all conference teams would you have had dantez walton on your first team you know if he played even a couple more games than he did
1: yeah. I mean, if he'd been playing the way he was playing in the non-conference, playing nine games like that in the conference season, not just an all conference team player, but in the conversation for perhaps player of the year. Um, so he yeah. definitely is a big factor. It's uh based on the way that the season is going for green Bay, you can probably put a hundred percent lock day is going to play just like, uh, all of a sudden Rashad Williams, uh, showed up at a game. That's Friday. Probably, yeah. probably see Dantes Williams or Dantes Walton on uh, Friday night. I have, I have no
2: doubt that I got Dantes it. Walton is going to play Friday night. <laughs> I just know it. Uh, I, I did see some Twitter that, uh, Oh yeah. How do you know? Do you no, have I saw sources? something on Twitter that he's been practicing. So, uh, you know, I'm with Jim on this one that just the way the season's going, he's going to be in that layup line, and he's going to be playing. That's just a gut yeah. feeling.
0: Hey, Kyle. So he had – I will say this. He, he has been in the layup line the last few games, um, and he's been in full uniform the last few games. Uh, I think I'm the one who actually tweeted that tweet you saw. Um, I was listening to the NKU Coaches Show uh, on Monday, and they are practicing him uh, as much as he can go this week. And they're going to make a decision, game time decision, on if he's going to play or not um, Friday. But I can tell you right now, based on the way they onboarded Jalen Tate, if he plays, um, you can expect uh, limited limited minutes. It will not be a full dance as Walton. Just you know how it is with be- getting in basketball. Hey, shape,
1: hey, like Kyle. That. Speaking of uh, Jalen Tate, who did he make his reappearance again against this year? <laughs> I believe that was Green Bay. <laughs>
0: uh that would that would be that would be green bay yes he played 18 minutes and didn't start so let's
1: not let's not get too hung up on no that no I'm, I'm just saying like <laughs> he came out of nowhere and played then we you know oakland rolls into town and uh, oh, and then all of a sudden gotcha. rashad williams is playing and now northern kentucky what
0: do you complain what do you what are you complaining about though you guys won both those games like and pretty handily too if i'm if I'm correct, right, you guys beat Oakland pretty well uh
1: it was like four points in the end it, We were down nine nineteen to four and they came back and had wow. a ten point lead or whatever, but anyway, it's just one of those things that every time a okay. a marquee player, they magically appear against Green Bay <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, people like to wake up for you guys, man, you guys are tough, yeah you know?
2: so even without Walton, uh the Norse had won five straight after starting one and two. Uh, they won each of those five games by an average of 20.6 points, including a 25-point win against UIC and IUPUI and a 26-point win against Youngstown State. But then on Friday, they get absolutely dominated yeah. by Wright State on national TV, a 32-point thrashing.
0: I mean, what happened there, Kyle? Uh, Yeah, I talked about it a little bit in the – um. Horizon Roundtable podcast there, to me, there was a, there was a few different things and Darren Horn mentioned one on the coach's show that I didn't really think about, but he's absolutely right. Um, the number one thing is at the end of the day, as you guys saw when we first played you, we're a three point shooting team. That's just what we're going to do this year. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we, we, aver- we shoot the th- uh, the 13th most threes in the country. That's, that's everybody out of anyone. doesn't matter who you are. We are up there top, top 15, um we're tenth in three point defense though. So we normally defend the three point line extremely well. Randomly we didn't against Green Bay. Uh and then we definitely did not against Wright State. So um my thing here here's here's what happened from what I saw. And by the way, I have not gone back and watched the game and I really don't want to. I'm not I'm actually not going to because it's it's just one of those like to me, it's just one of those like throwaway. I'm just can't get anything really from it. But what I did see is we obviously you guys know we're going to talk about it probably here in a little bit. We run a matchup zone. Um, you saw it in the first game we played you. And there have been two teams in conference play that have absolutely exposed it. Um, and that has been Green Bay and Wright State. And I understand that we lost to Detroit, but they, it wasn't because of the matchup zone. It was other reasons for that. But what you guys both have done such a great job at doing is beating the first man off the dribble um, and br- just completely breaking it down. To open up all the different lanes so like the important part of a matchup zone you have to be able to play man like on ball defense um and you have to keep them in front of you and if you get beat especially to the middle you might as well not be running the thing so that's why right state went 12 for 22 from three against us like it you know this is one of those games you know we shot 18 percent from three they shot 52 percent from three we shot the same amount of threes as well so there's your game
2: so yeah, that's just, you know, one of those burn the tape kind of games where you just, you know, everything goes wrong. Uh, you know, you, you move on. Uh, but believe it or not, that wasn't NKU's worst game of the season according to Bart Torvik. uh he he's got this thing called game score. I'm not sure if you guys ever look at Bart Torvik's website.
0: No, I'm gonna type it. I'm typing it yeah, right. It's now, like a
2: uh, it's kind of like a Ken Palm. Um a little bit he's got a couple of little bit uh different it... No, it's free.
0: Just to pay for it?
2: It's free. Yeah, it, they've got like oh, cool. Okay, all right. Uh, different though, sorry. filters you can put on there and stuff. It's, it's. I like it a lot. But he's got this metric called game score where he assigns every team's performance uh, during a game from zero to one hundred. So North, okay, <laughs> MKU's lost against Wright State. Bart Torvik has them as a four on the zero to one hundred scale the loss to green bay nku had a two in that game so on the flip side green bay was a 97 in that nku game so it was kind of like uh you know a perfect storm of scenarios where green Bay played their best while nku was playing at its worst um or or do you Mm -hmm. think the two teams are comparable talent wise
0: no, I definitely do. It's like, look, when we don't, when we don't, when we don't have Dan Walton, I don't know what to expect. I told my dad yesterday that, um, our men's basketball team, by the way, can I cuss on your podcast? I feel yeah, like I should I ask mean, that.
2: My last name is Dickman. So I think iTunes automatically like marks it explicit just for that reason. So just go ahead.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That's like, and Dickman's is our big sponsor bar, even though they're not really, a cool bar. They're, they're a UK bar posing as an NKU bar. Uh, anyway, we've talked about that on Twitter, you and I, um, okay. So what I told my dad yesterday about NKU, um, especially on offense without Dante's Walton, it's like that Forrest Gump quote. Um, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, except in this box of chocolates, half of the chocolates are dog shit, but you just don't know. And like, you literally don't know like what, like it, we'll just absolutely wake up and shit the bed one game. And then the next game we'll come out, like you said, and win by freaking 30 or 25 or whatever. And, um, but honestly, yes, I do think that uh, most teams, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this. I think that most teams in the horizon league actually are relatively comparable talent wise. If you look at the horizon league, almost every team has one, two, three guys that are all very 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 good basketball players. Um to me the big difference is um if those guys can be consistent and also the biggest thing is just coaching and game plan. And uh Dudek, Matt Dudek the OU Grizz guy, he had um a, he had a pretty strong reaction to me saying that. Uh he he used that as a catapult to just wail on Greg Campy. But um No, I do think that you guys came in with an amazing game plan, and you also were very talented, and we came in and shit our pants, and we are our best player down, um, and that's why we lost by almost 20. Was it almost 20 or over 20 to you guys? It
1: was 14, but they were up 25 at one point.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yes, okay. So that's a 20-point win. We just – you guys pulled your guys, and we – you know, covered the spread or what? Well, not covered the spread, but you know what I mean. Covered the live spread that they, they that they would set.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jim, if if you remember, <sighs> Phoenix handled the the NKU zone in that game pretty well. They had good looks. They had open looks. They knocked down threes. They were seven for 17, 41 percent on threes in that game. The thing that intrigued me: they only took eleven shots at the rim in that game which is kind of crazy. They went 14-29 and 29 on mid-range jumpers, which is kind of been Green Bay's game this year. <clears throat> I'd say
1: that the mid-range was really good that game. You had Manny Patterson at the free throw line operating very effectively. Uh, you have other guys on this team like Cam Hankerson and PJ Pipes and Cody Schwartz who are really good in that mid-range space. And uh, to Kyle's point, if you get in that zone, I feel like if you get past the first guy – you're collapsing that a little bit. You're just finding the open guy. Green Bay had 17 assists on 27 made baskets. So they really did a good job of getting, you know, mm-hmm. getting the ball, uh, beat their man and then find an open guy. Uh, they didn't really do it on second chance points. They had you know, some of those, but it was really on just finding the open guy. And then we just absolutely nailed every, every yep. mid range jumper. Um, I think it was Scott Nagy who said, Green Bay is one of the best mid-range shooting teams in the country. And in that game, they kind of proved it.
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing. With our matchup zone, what absolutely kills us is really strong guard play. Um, And not just strong guard play, but but effective guard play. So, like, there's a difference. Like, talented guards like Anjuan Davis are not going to kill us every single game because he's not efficient, right? He he has terrible efficiency scores. But, like, you guys – Um, you're really effective at getting it past that first level and completely breaking it down. And while that actually isn't a terrible thing for us, because normally Green Bay, like you have mentioned, isn't going to kill you from three, you did that game. And I think you mentioned P.J. Pipes. Wasn't that a career high for him? Or am I making something up It definitely, if
1: it wasn't a career high, it was right there. It was 20 points. He was four for six from deep, eight for 10 for the game. Uh, He definitely had one of his best games, if not his best game. Uh, against nku you know kyle i want to get your take on this like one of the things that stood out to me you know statistically from that game uh, nku second in in league play getting about seven steals a game Uh, green bay only had nine turnovers for the game nku only scored eight points off of turnovers and only four of those were fast breaks like when i think of that zone defense i feel like the number of times i've seen tyler sharp getting a steal and a run out or i'll you know pass ahead to somebody else it seems like that's a big part of the defense is that you know is that all every game I don't watch every game. So is that every game? And was it fortunate and fortuitous that Green Bay really handled the ball and didn't turn it over? I mean, nine turnovers against that defense is pretty impressive in yeah. my mind.
0: Yeah. So that that you you're a smart guy, man. That's exactly what we do. So we average eight steals a game. Um, and we actually surprisingly had eight steals against Wright State. Because I was going to make mention that in my uh, latest <coughs> article as a reason why we didn't, you know, as a reason why we lost, but I was like, well, shit, we got eight steals. That's our average. I guess I can't say that. But, um, but anyway, yeah, no, that's exactly, that's exactly, exactly right. So, like I said, you cannot get beat off the dribble, but at the same time you have to play aggressive still. And like your guys' guards are so talented, um, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean we can just like go out there and sort of let, you know, not pressure them Like in this zone, you have to pressure the ball. And that's so important for us um, is is forcing you guys into making bad decisions. But when you sit back in the defense and not, you know, go after the ball aggressively, it allows uh, teams to do exactly what has happened to us now twice. Um, and that's ball movement, dribble penetration, kick to the open man, you're dead. You know?
1: Yeah. You know, what, one other thing in that game, I didn't see all of the right state game, but maybe you could talk a little bit about it. Tyler Sharp has been a, you know, a little bit of a streak player, like in that game, he had six points. He was three for 10, but I really thought they did a great job of uh, playing on the line, like de- denying him the ball. And then, you know, if he were back cutting or whatever, they had the help there. Uh, what, what, when Tyler mm-hmm. Sharp has a big game, what are teams doing versus when he doesn't have a big game? Like, cause he was relatively neutralized in that game, three for 10 shooting 0 for three from deep. I mean, the whole team was 0 for 17 at one point. Yeah. I think from deep, but in particular, Sharp has a 33 yeah. point game or a six point game. Like, what's the difference defensively to take him away or for him to excel?
0: No, uh, yeah, so that's exactly right. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are big NBA guys. You've mentioned being uh, the Horizon League being NBA city uh, heavy. It's obviously very true. So, um, in the finals, the year the Cavs won against the against the. Um, Against the Warriors, they were doing a really good job of bumping Curry on every single uh, on every single screen, and they were actually switching them a lot and stuff like that. I don't know that you guys did that necessarily, but what you what you what you and Wright State both two of the teams that did it, have done it the best this year. Um, what you guys do did a really good job on Sharp of is hedging hard off those screens. Um, the guy that you know, the person that was setting the screen his man was coming off and making sure that Tyler did not get a clean, a clean run because Tyler is a fundamental basketball player. He likes to run off that screen and either pop for a three or curl for, uh, for a you know, quick curl shot or drive to the basket. And what y'all were doing is y'all were chasing him over the screen and hedging him under the screen. So it's like, he doesn't have anything to do when he catches the ball. And he's catching the ball. He's getting pushed outside now, 35 feet deep, with a guy still at his hip. So, I mean, he's almost been neutralized at that point. One other thing I want to mention really quick, though, and this is, like, not an excuse, by the way. I don't make excuses for the Norse. I try to, I try to d- dig in and find reasons. Another thing that I think we really got uh, to attribute to our poor play and also Tyler's poor play, not taking anything away from Green Bay. You guys came in with an amazing game plan, and you definitely played sharp, very tough. But that was also, as you mentioned, Jalen Tate's very first game back. He didn't start, but if you watch that game, um, and uh, you guys don't watch us every single game, I have. We were kind of starting to figure out how to, um, and then obviously Walton got hurt, and it changed everything. So when Tate came back, it was like this heroic superhero, like, "Hey guys, you know, Superman just came to save the day" moment. And basketball doesn't always work like that. And and Jalen Tate, as talented of a player as he is, he's not the, you know, take off my suit and I have the S on my chest player. He's more of like a total game player um, that he's going to get like eight, seven, and seven every game. He's not going to come out and score 30 to alleviate the pressure off Tyler Sharp. So like, he's got to be involved in like aspects of the offense. And ultimately he just wasn't a part of it for so long and it definitely showed against you guys and Detroit too. I mean, so uh, I, I, that's a long answer, but that's, as far as Tyler Sharp goes, that's the main reason he's looked poor in those two and well, in those certain situations. Um, But also another thing real quick is he's a shooter, you know, sometimes he doesn't shoot well and he tries to find other ways to score, but you know, he's a six foot, not, I shouldn't say unathletic, but he's a six foot guy it's a former walk on like you can only do so much if the shots aren't falling, you know, for sure.
2: And, you know, you mentioned uh, him being kind of streaky, Jim Green Bay was able to hold him to six points in 31 minutes, three for 10 from the floor. So that'll be a huge key for Friday night is uh, containing him again. Um, Cause Green Bay's kind of been susceptible to guards going off as we've seen against IPY and UWM. <laughs> um... Oh, God. <goodness. laughs>
1: You know, what is interesting, like, uh, from the first game, Tate was 5 for 10. But if you take out his three-pointers, he was 5 of 6, and he got to the rim. So everything that they did to uh, contain uh, Tyler, they couldn't stop uh, Jalen from getting to the hoop at all. So I'll be curious, is he healthier now? Because, like, statistically, you know, Kyle, you made a really good point. Like, he's kind of a stat stuffer, but doesn't really dominate in category. And I was looking at the numbers. I was like, "Was he fully back?" Like I, I was kind of expecting him to be a, a bigger numbers guy this year. Uh, it, so where's he at right now? And 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 what did he do in that game? Or does he? Or does he always just get to the room against everybody?
0: No. So that's the thing. That's that's what Jalen's one hundred percent best at. That that's what our offense was absolutely missing without him. Is he is a freaking creator. Like that guy can get to the rim almost in any situation, but he's not. A, what, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not super like skilled. So it's fun. okay. I'll I'll try to explain what I'm trying to say here. Uh, when when we lost Derek, when we lost John Brandon last year, uh, people were freaking out because they thought players might transfer. And I would go around telling people that I was more worried about Tyler Sharp transferring than J, than Jalen Tate. And the reason I say that is because. Sharp plays good enough defense. He's actually, I think, second or third in the Horizon League in steals this year. Um, and he's a really good three-point shooter. And every team in the nation needs someone like that. But Jalen Tate, what makes him such a talent in this league is his ability to take the ball, put it in his dominant hand, and get to the cup almost at will. But if you put that, that exact same player uh, on Ohio State, for instance, he's not going to be able to do that. So he's got to have something else to fall back on. And that's where Jalen Tate's athleticism is going to fail him. So he's a great player for the Horizon League, but not necessarily for, like, other situations. And so that's, I guess, what I'm trying to say is that's the thing he brings most to the table um, for the Norse, is that athleticism.
1: You know, one thing, if I might uh, jump in there, Brian, like, talk about Tyler Sharp on defense. I actually had him, if we were doing an all-defensive team, I'd have him on my first team, all-defensive team. And it's not just because of the steals. Like, he is super pesky in that zone. Like, he is, he plays so... Hard, he annoys me to no end as a fan of an opposing team, and that's a really high compliment. Is how I mean that. Like he's just super pesky in the way you guys sure. play defense.
2: He's the kind of guy you get annoyed with if he's not on your team, but if he's not on your team, you
0: love. I, him. I, I've said the same thing. I've said the same thing. He he gets booed the most on the road. It's so frustrating because I'm like, guys, if you just knew, if you just knew this guy's story, like. Like, he's the kind of guy that, like, when he's done playing for Northern, I think people are going to appreciate him more. I mean, he's a two-time walk-on. He walked on at Louisville, played seven games, the Patino shit went down, and he, he, like, got the hell out of there and came to NKU. He walked on his first year at NKU, and he's, you know, earned a scholarship, and now – He's freaking ninth all time, all time, in only three years college wise. He's ninth all time in, in three pointers made at NKU. Probably gonna finish closer to top five by the by when it's all said and done. Uh, he's in the steel. He's in the conversation for like top. He's in there somewhere, like seventeen, I think. He's uh, and then points. He's a thousand point <laughs> scorer, and he freaking he's gonna finish around like fifteen all time at NKU all time, and that's like D two and everything. And so like it's it's unbelievable like this is a kid that every or th- this is a guy that every little kid like needs to know about because this is actually everyone always talks about Michael Jordan getting cut from his high school team and they're like well maybe you'll still be the next Michael Jordan one day uh, Sparky but like this is that's never going to happen right but this is something that is actually attainable Like you can you can legitimately aspire to be like a Tyler Sharp anybody and so anyway sorry to go on my my rant about it but I just, I feel like he doesn't get the love that he deserves or even like, even a lot of times the respect. And I'm just like, he, you gotta, you gotta, you know, recognize. So,
1: sorry. Well, I say, I was sad when I say I love to hate him, it's cause I do recognize like that he is just, he's everything that every team would want. Absolutely. And because you don't have him, it irks you to no end when you look at your (laughs) players and you're like, man, why don't we have a guy like that? It can't be that hard to find a six foot, two hundred pound guy that can shoot 30s. Yeah. But he's so much more than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I totally. I, he's. You know what? It's it's fit. It's fitting to use this this week. He absolutely has the Mamba mentality. Um, <laughs> I mentioned that on Twitter this week. He's he's got that chip on his shoulder that that they've always doubted me. He freaking scored a thousand points, and they made this huge promo tweet for him. And, like, he came on Twitter that night. He doesn't tweet a lot during the season about about NKU. It's more like NBA or, you know, whatever. He tries to, like, use Twitter as a non-talk-about-me thing. Um, and he came on Twitter, and he was like, hey, I hate talking about myself, but this is great, like, whatever, and just did his little thing. But his last line was um, something about, like uh, – I owe it to, I owe it to everyone um or I owe it to every like all my family and everything but especially the haters because you played the biggest part or something like that or the doubters because you played the biggest part and like that's it's that edge that he has as a person but also as a basketball player that's like made him so special to our fan base and our team so Yep, for sure.
1: Okay, so. Hey Brian, could I jump in with one more yeah. question for Kyle? Yeah, go for it. So, when I look at your guys numbers, you had alluded to this earlier high well, 14th most three pointers in the in the country obviously most taken in the horizon league the actual shooting percentage of how many you make <laughs> though is really low as a team like what are what is it that in a yep. good game is it just street shooting or is there something that you guys are able to do offensively in the good games I know we talked about tyler you know getting through the screen and curling is there anything else like because they were really bad as a team separate Tyler only got three up against Green bay but i'm they were five of 26 in that game. I believe Oh of 17 at one point. Like what, when you take so many threes, how can you shoot such a low percentage and still be shooting them?
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So, um, I'll say there's a few different, there's a few different things and this is going to sound like a cop out, but just bear with me here. Um, there's a few different things that go into it. Number one, uh, it's, our, it's all about ball movement in our offense. We run an open motion offense, so ball cannot get stagnant, can't be any one-on-one basketball. The ball's got to be moving every two seconds, mi- mi- uh, m- minimum or ma- uh, maximum, sorry. It, we really need to have that thing like a hot potato, uh, dribble penetration, good screens, all that stuff. But ultimately, it does come down to streak shooting. Um, we are a streak shooting team. And it, you know, it's proven by if you look at not just like uh, not just our team numbers, how we'll be on one opposite end of the spectrum, and then we'll shoot forty-four percent against Illinois State. It's it's it it boils down to the players too. You mentioned Tyler Sharp; he's been our most consistent. Well, I shouldn't say consistent. He's been our best player this year for sure. Like he's the MVP of the Norse this year. And you've mentioned there's been games where he has gone one for seven, and there's been games when he's gone five for six. So it just – it is what it is. But then also the final thing is, it, is all, it also is about how the defense plays us. A lot of teams know that we shoot the shit out of the ball, and so they're going to run us off the three-point line. They're, they challenge us to beat them off the drive. They challenge us to beat them um, at the cup, and, uh, you know, we can't always do that. So, um, And then one quick stat, by the way, we are um, – I think it's eight and one – uh, against division one teams um, when we shoot over uh, 36% or higher from three. Um, and then obviously you know, we're not as good when we're, we shoot under 36%. So that's what the games ultimately for NKU. That's what they come to a long time ago. I've told ever been telling everyone all season, that's what we're going to be this year. Get used to it. I don't want to hear any bitching because this is what it's going to look like. It's it just, that's our personnel this year. As a so. Green
2: Bay fan, that's what kind of scares me about Friday's game because Northern Kentucky, yeah, they don't make a lot of them, but they shoot the three better than Milwaukee does, and Milwaukee went, you know, eleven for twenty-one <laughs> from three against Green Bay. So, I mean, Green Bay's Green Bay's ranked 330th yeah. in the NCAA right now in three-point defense. So it just feels like any team could go yep. off from threes and especially from, you know, how many threes NKU shoots, you know, that's something that kind of scares me a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I hate to say this, man, but it really should because as the law of, as we know with the law of averages, right? Like we're pretty two even teams, I feel like uh, relatively. And um, we shot like crap against you guys the first time and about half our games, we shoot really good. And about half our games, we shoot really bad. You guys don't defend the three point line very well. We do defend the three point line very well. I wouldn't necessarily expect a repeat of last game, but I'm not going to go on the record saying we're going to win because I don't. I, I don't know anything about this team. It's a different. It's a different team every like couple weeks. It feels like. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just taking it as as it is. But I'll, I will also mention this: um, what what excites me this year about NKU so much. Look, I don't want us to be this crazy three-point shooting team every year under Darren Horn. I genuinely think we just have to be that way right now because that's just what our personnel is. Um, Once we start getting some Darren Horn recruits in, we'll be a little bit more balanced. But what's really exciting about this, um, if we are able to get through the Horizon League tournament, we have the makeup with a healthy Dante's Walton. We have the makeup of a team that can make a first-round upset in the tournament. Not saying we will, but the, you know, ingredient number one of a tournament upset team is has a good shooting day. So, um, and we definitely have the ability to do that. So, anyway. For sure,
2: you know, you mentioned NKU's three-point defense. Green Bay doesn't take a lot of threes. Uh, I, I think it's only like 37% of their shots are from three, uh, but they make them at a really good rate. They're shooting, you know, 38%, 24th, uh, in, in the NCAA out of 353 teams. So, I mean, that should be a good yeah. uh, battle to watch. The other thing I'm interested in, you know, I'm just looking at Ken Palm really quick here. NKU plays at a molasses pace, 310th in tempo compared to Green Bay at 17th. And if you dig into that number, Green <laughs> Bay is actually first in the country in offensive um tempo they're playing an average possession length of 14 and a half seconds so I mean that'll be an interesting kind of clash of styles to watch on Friday
0: as well yeah it's strange to me because uh, as you know with the whole John Brandon 94 feet both ways it used to be that Green Bay and NKU were the two teams that you would always bet the over on um no matter what it was right and uh yeah, it's been really weird because that's actually Darren Horn's MO is to be this sort of like run and gun, three point shooting team. But I, again, I, I think it's, uh, it's been a personnel thing this year. Like I said, we have not, you know, we've had our full team guys for three games this year. Um, it's just been really difficult, I think, for everyone to like roles have just, and I get it. It's basketball. This happens. But you're talking about there's been a point in time where, uh, you know, Jalen Tate was an All-Conference first-teamer preseason. Gone. Dantes Walton won the won the Player of the Week three weeks in a row for the first time since well, I think it was like the '90s or early 2000s or something. Um, or maybe it's been 30 years, or maybe it was something crazy like that. I don't remember. But uh, gone, right? And so, like, we've just been trying to piece this crap together, and I think that leads to, as you know, offense is so like it's about a feel it has to be, you know, especially a motion offense. And it's just led to, like you said, a molasses pace, I think.
2: Yep. So this game, uh, I just want to note, this game will be played at the Crest center on the UW green Bay campus instead of the normal rush center, which is uh, about 20 minutes away across the street from Lambeau field. Uh, so hopefully that'll help with student turnout. Uh, you know, if you don't know the Crest center, it's a, it's a more intimate venue, about 4,000 seats. Uh, so, you know, even if there's only 2,500 to 3,000 fans there, it should look good on TV, should be loud, uh, because the fans really are right on top of the court at the crest as compared to the RESH, which was built for hockey. So the fans are a little bit further back. So uh, I'm I'm glad ESPNU will be broadcasting this one because it should look pretty good, you know, the optics as far as the fans go. And I'm really hoping we get
0: a good student turnout yeah that'd be great i mean it would suck for us but darren horn said something really funny in uh the coaches show on monday um they uh, the these dummy radio guys asked him uh do you think the fans had anything to do with your team coming out and not playing super well and darren horn goes man i sure hope not if that's the case then we might need to find a whole new team you live <laughs> for moments like that And so, yeah, I would love to see you guys bring out four thousand people because, as much as it fires up your your team, it should fire up our team in the opposite way. More, you know, give them like a chip on their shoulder kind of thing. So,
2: yeah, well, it should be a good game. Um, NKU leads the all time series five to four uh, because Green Bay won the first three, then NKU won the next five until Green Bay got the win last month in kentucky wow. so um yeah you guys got anything else to add
0: on uh-oh not looking good
2: <laughs> anything else to add about friday's game
0: yeah it's it, it's looking like they say basketball is a game of runs and uh we, you guys went on a 3-0 run we, we hit you with a 5-0 run and i'm, I'm afraid i'm afraid we might be going uh, tilting back to green <laughs> bay now Ugh, it's yep. scary
1: so how about everybody gives a little prediction and uh maybe wrap it up
2: Visitors go first. So, what do you got, Kyle?
0: Oh gosh, is that how it works? Um, well, I was just pulling up FanDuel to see if there's any chance, even though they never do, there was any chance that they've set the line uh, two days in advance rather than one, so I could just steal theirs. But um, no, they did not. So, ah, shoot, man, I don't know. Look, we we really need a win, um, and I don't care how stupid it makes me look, or you know, fanboy or whatever. I'm never gonna. I'm never going to pick or bet against NKU um, on a, on an individual game basis. So uh, you know, I, I think, I think we do come out and get it. Um, I, I think there's a, a pretty solid chance that Dantez comes back um, just based off the comments that horn has horn has made. And just based off what I'm seeing in like layup lines and stuff like that, I just, it's important. It's the second half of the season. Um, I, I, I really think that there's a chance you guys see him on Friday. And so uh, it won't be like Tate coming back. He's going to get right into it. And um, yeah, I think we, uh, I think we pull it off. I'll say uh, let's give it 78 to
1: 74.
2: All right, Jim, what do you got?
1: Well, Green Bay hasn't played very well at home this year. They have given up. Uh, a lot to guards at home. (laughs) I, man, I would love to just see Wright State lay an egg on national TV to, or uh, it's Northern Kentucky to lay an egg on national TV, two weeks in a row. However, uh, I I don't see that being the case. (laughs) I definitely see it being a tighter game than the last one. Uh, Probably, you know, given the, the variance in pace, I'd probably say 72 70 and I'll give it to Northern Kentucky uh, to pull it out but wow it, mainly because like they're not playing dude, well dude, at you're... home right now <laughs> just if this was on the road <laughs> i would enough. i was gonna it, say it, if this it was Golden on the bay. road i'd take green bay at home i I'll, i'm gonna be there and i'm gonna be loud and doing my thing but it just it just doesn't feel right right now
2: yeah you're right just four and four at home this year i, uh, I feel you. looking at ken palm kyle and he's got nku by three so that's kind of a spread for you uh so oh, i'm actually go. gonna be a homer here someone's gotta do it uh i'm gonna take go green it. bay yeah, by for three it. i'm gonna say 82 79 the Norse get a look at the buzzer off the mark green bay hangs on for the win takes over second place wins the tiebreaker right. that's my prediction
0: can, can you tell me can you at least give me this though if you're saying we you're giving me all this detail, but you're not telling me who misses it at the buzzer. Tyler Sharp. <laughs>
1: sharp's, obviously.
2: sharp's taking that shot.
0: Oh, come on. Yeah, but don't you think Green Bay's taking that away? See, I actually have, if that's the case, if we're going to play out this scenario, then it's got to be Adam Alita, who everyone within our fan base is just so frustrated with. Shot 41% from three in Juco and is shooting 25% this year. Uh, had the three that would have beat Arkansas, but missed it (laughs) wide open. So you're saying let him show. That's the game plan. If, uh, if Darner's listening, Adam Alita, you're not going to get killed by him.
2: (laughs) Well, you're giving the green Bay defense a lot of credit there. uh, (laughs) So yeah, it should be (laughs) a good game. Uh, Thank you very much, Kyle, for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Jim, for coming on as well. Uh, Kyle, we're, can you just uh, drop your Twitter handle, your website, all that good stuff real quick?
0: Yeah, I'm happy to. Can I make one quick yeah, – one real quick plug, though, if you don't mind? Yeah, I just wanted to sh- uh, send a shout-out real quick to um, the NKU women's basketball team and the Green Bay women's basketball team. Um, I know that this is a – this is, you know, we're big in the Horizon League, big on men's basketball, but uh, team, I'm going to be there on Saturday when we play uh, your guys' team y'all are really good. Uh, you're doing really well in RPI. You're third in the conference. Um, that's a huge, huge game for us. You guys beat us by I think 19 last time and we're trying to even the score. We only shot 25% uh, from the field and 19% from three at the first round. So it sounds a lot like our men's team, I guess, but um, I, I'm just, I, I think that um, in, I don't know, maybe, Maybe the whole Kobe news is changing my, changing my perspective or making me really push it. I've always appreciated women's sports, but I'm really trying hard to just get it out there and let people know. So all you Green Bay people that are listening, like obviously that game's at NKU. But when your girls come back home or women come back home, make sure you support them because you guys have a really good team out there. So I wanted to I wanted to get that out there first. Second off, you can find. at norse report one word obviously and then at kyle craven underscore nr um and then finally www.norsereport.com
2: fantastic and that was a, a great shout out so uh thank you very much both of you oh jim do you want to plug your twitter handle or don't you think people uh, care about your uh, horizon league officiating tirades
1: you know what i say follow <laughs> the norse report and follow fear of the phoenix they've got better content than i have <laughs>
0: Uh, you're you're awesome. <laughs> Sounds Thank
2: good. You. Thank you very much, guys. Talk to you soon. My thanks again to both Jim Cero and Kyle Craven for coming on the podcast and previewing Friday night's game. Uh just wanna say real quick thanks for listening. Uh make sure you leave any feedback for me at Fear the Phoenix on Twitter or at my personal account at Brian Dickman. That's with two ends. Uh So yeah, thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon.